time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, October 5th, 2020. Almost weird saying the month of October. It still feels like the middle of lockdown in early April and May and then the summer months, but we're rolling right along here on the Get Home Safe podcast. We're trying to get through all of this quarantine, all of these lockdown issues and everything, and just go about our lives, go about our business, right? Just trying to get a sense of normalcy. I think we're getting closer and closer day by day. Hard to believe that the presidential election is less than a month away. I'm sure there'll be a lot of drama over the next uh, few weeks <laughs> building up to that. I've already seen a ton of proposition commercials already. I already talked about Prop 22 uh, last week a little bit on this show, just as an Uber driver and Lyft, Lyft driver, how some of us kind of feel about that prop coming out. So uh, we'll touch on that, I'm sure, a little bit more as the election gets near. But man, it's hard to believe. Uh, for months now, we've been saying, oh, that's many months away. And here we are less than a month away from the presidential election. And uh, you know what? We are in this middle of a ton of great sports. And I do want to talk to you guys really that this new format we're going we're gonna to be doing here on the program in moving forward is that Mondays will be a lot of sports topics, specifically going over a lot of the college football games, some of the storylines there from Saturday, a lot of the NFL games from Sunday leading into Monday night. Uh, that game, the final game, or in this case, special week with the COVID delay, we'll say, with the Patriots and Chiefs. Uh, that's an extra Monday night football game, really. Uh, but anyway, just uh, we're going to recap all those things. We'll, we'll talk about uh, for at least another week here, the NBA Finals, the uh, Miami Heat. Got a uh, convincing win in game three to make that series two to one. So in moving forward, uh, Lakers and Heat will be in game four on Tuesday night and uh, plenty to plenty to talk about regarding that game, game three, the upcoming series. Uh, there's just a lot of different storylines. We're going to talk about the baseball playoffs. I just figured let's make Mondays what they kind of are anyway. It's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking, uh, reactions, overreactions, second guessing, all those things. So we'll try to tie all that into Monday with our episodes and moving forward. Uh, Wednesdays, as you know, won't change much. That'll be Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. And Fridays will be a Suds with Studs segment as well as a interview, probably long form, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour and chatting with somebody like we've been doing for most of the episodes on the Get Home Safe podcast. So a few changes there. I keep telling you guys, reminding you guys, just so that you're aware uh, in moving forward that, you know, it, it's been nice hearing from some people saying, Hey, I missed, uh, didn't get an episode out today. Or where was your episode on Thursday? And I'm like, man, it's, it's cool to know that people are listening, that people are tuning in daily. I also know that a lot of people go back and listen at different times, but for the most part, uh, this is just going to be me on Mondays and moving forward as long as a uh, job schedule, work schedule and everything, uh, ties in. Um, I do want to say a few things outside of sports, uh, you know, in, in current events and everything, if you will, that 
you know, uh, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump uh, were te- they tested positive for for COVID over the weekend, and that was a huge storyline. Obviously, uh, I, I could I, I should have placed bets because I knew how the media, how a lot of the people on the left would kind of react to all this. <laughs> They would, uh, you know, this is a doomsday thing and, you know, ha ha ha, look at him and, you know, just, just kind of being unprofessional in my opinion. I mean, it's funny how, uh, people's true colors really shine, uh, in in certain moments, certain conflicts, certain, um, I I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, adversity will say, uh, you know, a lot of people took the high road and they're like, Hey, we're praying for president Trump and the first lady, uh, much like we, we are for everyone else who's been. Uh, diagnosed with COVID. Um, but you know, there's still this pretty high 99% survival rate. Um, and I know it's a lot lower and, and maybe some of the older people. Um, so yes, w- best wishes and thoughts and prayers to President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump. Uh, what was funny to me, I got to tell you, man, people people see what they want to see. They they It's unbelievable that... So Pre- President Trump is obviously he's still being active. He's active on social media. He's done some short videos and things like that, even though he's kind of, uh, in the hospital right now. So I, I kind of, I don't always agree with the, like the tweets and all that stuff he does all the time. Uh, but I'll say this, that I think as a, I wouldn't say a sick president. I mean, he's diagnosed with the virus, but someone who I think it's good that he kind of is reaching out to people keeping us updated, the American people, not keeping us in the dark really of his health situation. It seems like it's been a few days, but things are going well, but there's people being critical of that. Like, Oh, he's, he's making a mockery of this whole thing. He's, and the best one was when he got in the car and he had a bunch of supporters, a ton of people outside the hospital. He did a, uh, I don't know, a drive by in a car saying, just waving to people, give him a chance to get out of the hospital in a car. And the uproar was hilarious. He's in a car wearing a mask and all the media wanted to talk about is how reckless he was. He's out there passing COVID uh, to people or how uh, you don't care about his drivers, his secret service personnel. You mean the people that are literally paid to like die for the president if necessary. I'm sure when they signed up for the secret service, they were prepared to take a bullet for the president at any time, no matter who the president is. So I'm not saying, Hey, he should just, you know, give all the secret service guys COVID. No, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, they're all being very careful. I'm sure. Okay. All those secret service guys are. So, you know, it's in their job description to jump in front of a bullet for the president. They were bulletproof vests. Those don't always work either. Okay. They're not just being reckless. All them were masked up too. I'm sure everyone's in gloves and all these different things. So again, people want to see what they, people see what they want to see and they say what they, and they hear what they want to hear. It's just, it's if, if Trump didn't do anything these past few days, he had his phone down. You never saw him. What would the media be saying? Well, we are unsure of the, the health and, and if uh, president Trump is, is fit for office, we, we don't know. We haven't heard from him. He must be really sick. They spin this stuff however they want. It's sickening, man. I don't need you, anybody out there to love President Trump. I really don't care who you like or don't like. I really don't. 
I hope some people who listen to this understand that. I think you guys know where I stand. I don't really care where you stand. You have the freedom to feel how you want to feel, support who you want to support. But if you can't see this hypocrisy and this constant uh, narrative and agenda and propaganda that the media has and does every single night, they take every story they can to fit to their agenda. It's absurd. So if, if Trump was too active on, on social media, they say he's making a mockery of this. And if he's not doing anything, we'll say, well, he's keeping us in the dark. There was literally media members upset that they were not included. They were not informed about his little drive-by to his fans. We didn't know about that. Well, you don't need to, you don't need to know about everything. Why are they going to tell you about the, where the president's going for security reasons? Anyway, we'll, we'll get off the, the political stuff, but I'm just, I, it was just a thought, you know, best wishes to the president Trump and anyone, anyone else who is affected or could potentially be affected with COVID. I mean, it's, it's still serious. Uh, I, I do know that, you know, the survival rates can, are, are way up there and there's been a lot of people lost, but there's been a lot of people lost for a lot of different things too. So uh, most people die with COVID, not of COVID. And uh, you know what? I, I'm hoping that we continue to move forward here with, with some of this stuff. Uh, tolerance, man. Let me tell you, tolerance is a funny word. I posted it the other day, Facebook. Uh, people are people will preach to you all they want about, hey, you got to be tolerant of other people, other beliefs, of other uh, emotions, of all, all these different things. You got to be tolerant. You're an intolerant person. You're, you need to be more tolerant. But then the same people, uh, they preach tolerance until their feelings are hurt. <gasps> he said this. He said that. I can't believe he hurt my feelings. No one cares about your feelings. They really don't. We've been over that. So I hear all this tolerance talk all the time, and I'm just like, stop it. Just stop it. You need to be tolerant. And, and no, stop. Because you're the first people that uh, are intolerant. There's too much prayer. There, there, there's too much uh, uh, patriotism. All that stuff. You, the, the first people that preach tolerance all the time are the first ones crying about, uh, you know, some of our foundations and everything. So it makes me sick. But uh, man, a couple of them. Again, I'm, there's no real format today, guys. I'm just going to kind of bounce around few different ideas, few different topics. We're going to get to a lot of sports topics here eventually. Uh, I do want to say rest in peace, Bob Gibson. I'll talk with Bill Barnes on uh, Wednesday about this, but Bob Gibson, man, what a, what an intimidating presence for the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, I believe. Um, an intimidating pitcher to say the least back when kind of men played baseball, um, man gone too soon. Uh, but just a, just a true competitor, someone on the mound. I believe the, the rumor is that they literally had to raise the mound uh, because he was so dominant. Uh, I mean, just think about it. Stuff like that is it's just crazy. He passed away uh, on October 2nd and uh, just gone far too soon. Amazing pitcher, had a great career with the St. Louis Cardinals. And, uh, you know, it, everyone's going to pass away eventually. And, you know, especially these these old timers who – um, who, who get up there in age, it's it's sad to see people go. Uh, you don't want people to, to go. You don't want them to pass away. Like you, you, But unfortunately, you know that everyone is going to uh, someday, which is just crazy. But uh, 84 years young. Rest in peace, Mr. Bob Gibson. Just a, again, two-time World Series winner, I believe one-time runner-up. Um, 
1968 uh, National League Most Valuable Player uh, was a fierce, competitive nature and intimidating to uh, opposing batters. He had no issues throwing up and in on guys, no issue at all. And, uh, you know, if you dug in too hard, I, the pitch was coming up there. So, uh, yeah, if, for you guys who don't know who Bob Gibson is, some of you uh, younger uh, people, uh, do, do some uh, look up some information on, on Mr. Bob Gibson, a true competitor, but someone who is just unbelievably intimidating on the mound. I mean, just nasty. Get up there. Uh, <laughs> over 3,000 strikeouts, 251 wins. Just uh, amazing numbers for uh, the longtime St. Louis Cardinal. And uh, yes, he will be missed from the uh, the baseball baseball community. Rest in peace, Mr. Bob Gibson. Uh, well, a couple lighter notes. We'll say a couple things. You know, it's October now, and it's Halloween season. And Valerie, my girlfriend, is super into Halloween. Just, I mean, she's as much into Halloween, if not more, than I am into Christmas. For those that know me, I'm a huge Christmas guy. I'm like the day after we day after Halloween decorate for Christmas guy. Like November is a Christmas month also like leading up to December and everything. That's just me. But anyway, in our studio here, we've, we've made a lot of progress in really uh, getting organized and making this, you know, microphones everywhere and, and headsets. We, we've really made this extra room a pretty good studio looking place. Well, right now it looks like uh, Halloween town. Uh, Val has all kinds of decorations everywhere and not in like a decorative order. It's all, it's called kind of the staging room. I mean, there are skulls and giant little animal skeletons, all kinds of stuff. She's doing a lot of painting and she's getting ready to put everything up on the walls and, and this and that. So it's a little chaotic in here, but I know she's proud of her Halloween decorations and looking forward to Halloween coming here, uh, coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, I, I keep telling her, I told her you should have had stuff up in September, get it up. Let's get this stuff up. Like I, I got no issue with that. If you throw stuff up in mid, mid September, I'm all about it. Have decorations up, you know, uh, 45 days instead of 30 days. I, I definitely want to do that with my Christmas stuff. Cause day after Halloween, this stuff's coming down, babe. And Christmas is going up. So you better get it up while you can. Um, you know, it's a constant battle. She thinks I'm nuts for putting up Christmas decorations in November, but guys, uh, that's just me. That's just me. What can I say? I'm a very jolly individual. Uh, so anyway, yeah, room here, we're, we're kind of being surrounded by a bunch of Halloween decorations as I sit here, uh, in, uh, in our studio, getting ready to talk about some sports and some other topics, but, uh, yes, Godspeed to president Trump best wishes as, as you uh, heal up. And of course, rest in peace, Mr. Bob Gibson, who passed away, uh, over the weekend. Uh, we're going to get into those topics as well with Bill Barnes on Wednesday. And I know some of you were really looking forward to our interview with Bill Barnes that we were going to do on Sunday evening. We promoted it on Friday. We were going to have a few people come over. We were going to do a zoom. I had a couple people reach out to me who were kind of interested in doing the zoom and seeing a kind of a live show with me and Bill and then some studio audience. Unfortunately, Bill got called into work. He's a very uh, security uh, expert. We'll say on some of his, his new job, it has nothing to do with uh, President Trump or anything like that. But uh, anyway, he he has uh, some work that he gets called into at random times, and he got called in for Sunday. So we were not able to record with Bill Barnes on Sunday night for our live show. Uh, but you know what? We'll postpone it. We'll probably shoot for next Sunday. I'll talk to him on this Wednesday and also uh, over the weekend to see if we can uh, do it. But stay tuned 
for an announcement regarding that. We'll probably talk about it on Friday's show. As you will know, if you've listened this long already, our shows now will be Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I've already kind of given you uh, the format. But uh, anyway, uh, let's get into some sports. Uh, that is you know, kind of <laughs> what is the focus of today on Mondays. Uh, we're going to rant away about a bunch of things usually. I've already done a, a few off topic. But uh, first off, um, let, let's let's chat about a few random things. You know, when you watch football, uh, high definition television is great. They zoom in. I mean, you you see everything really. I mean, it's it's awesome stuff. But what I would really love to see is they have this. It's the coaches use it. The coaches when they're breaking down film, it's called the all twenty two, and basically it's a camera that's just a little higher up, and you can see all 22 players. Uh, it's like a bird's eye, but not super high, right? It's still from a sideline uh, press box side of things, but that's where coaches really watch film. And you can see the schematics and the whole uh, strategy and the coverages and the, the routes run and everything. I wish games were kind of shown from that angle a little further back where you could see, Oh my goodness, that receiver's open or you can see a guy breaking right now in today's television, they zoom in on the quarterback and the pocket and the, you see all that going on. Then they rifle the ball downfield and you just like, okay, you're waiting. But I think when you kind of get that wide look, that all 22 look much like you're in the game, you're at the game yourself. I think you get a better uh, feel for the plays breaking down and everything. And I bring it up because the, the, there's this fascination with this like wire camera that they put at these games now. And they put it like in the middle of the field so instead of looking at the the TV like you have the you know the left to right or the right to left action, they'll do it on like punts. Well, they'll they'll the camera will be in the middle of the field, like over the top of the players, and you'll be looking at the punt returner as he's like catching it and starts to run towards you instead of left to right or right to left. And I'm just like, sometimes television tries a little too hard. These networks and everything. I'm like, we can't see anything. I don't want to see the guy's face when he's catching the ball. Show me, I could see that on a replay or something. Show me the wide look. Not super far away, but the, the wide look. Don't don't screw around with it so much. I think we get a better idea. Sometimes, uh, we always talked about that in officiating sometimes, that like distance isn't always your friend. Like getting closer to a play isn't always the best look. Sometimes you need to be back a little bit to see everything kind of develop in front of you. I'm not talking like, Oh, five yards versus a hundred yards. I'm talking like, okay, five yards versus like 12 yards. Like you're back a little bit. You kind of get a wider look into things. Think about when you're driving, do you get a better feel for like your surroundings when you are like bumper to bumper with a car or when you're kind of back a little bit, you kind of can gauge things a little bit better. Right? So that's how I kind of wish I could watch football regularly uh, with, with some of these networks, but they'll never do it because there's just too much invested in, you know, the close-ups and the, uh, the high definition and everything. But anyway, um, there were some issues on Saturday, I guess, about college football and teams not wearing, or excuse me, play uh, what are we saying? What are we saying? Come on, Matt. The guests, the guests, the, uh, the fans, the kids, the students, man, woo, get it together. The kids in these stands, uh, students at some of these football games, I think it was SMU. They had their entire student section removed 
because kids were not social distancing. They weren't wearing masks. And, you know, some of these places with fans, whether it be college or the NFL, but probably specifically college because you're dealing with college kids, they're really strict policies about, hey, making sure you're spread out, you're wearing masks, you know. The, the There are actually people in the media who are like complaining when they see happy kids celebrating a touchdown at a college football game. Kids high five and kids acting normal of all things. And oh my goodness, look how dangerous these kids are. They're not being safe. That's like where we're at now in today's world. There's almost no danger to college kids over this this virus. You guys know that? I mean, I, I, I could pull up numbers if you want, but there's almost no no danger. Yes, I know there's been a couple kids who've died. Or, there's all virtually no danger. All right. Well over 99% for that age group. And, and for some reason, it's just like, but, but, but again, as I say that, you know, I don't like wearing a mask, but if wearing a mask gets me to be able to go to a football game, to go to a sporting event, well then fine. I'll wear a mask. Big deal. I don't know how you have a, a, a cold beverage in your hand with a mask, but maybe, you know, you, you have to take it off or each sip. I don't know. I don't know the, I don't know the rules or the issues. I just, I see that some schools and universities and, uh, and, uh, you know, these teams, they're, they're really trying to get fans in the stands on a, I'm a, I'm on a much smaller crowd and everything. All right. But if people aren't willing to kind of meet the standards, meet the guidelines, it's like, okay, you're going to ruin it for everyone here pretty soon. Don't do that. <laughs> do what you got to do. I, I think it's an overreaction to, you know, really police and make everybody, uh, I mean, there's literally guys on a field tackling each other, sweating all over each other. That's another thing, this 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 anger and uproar over coaches not wearing masks. There's 22 guys on every play tackling each other. Like, and your big concern is a coach wearing a mask? I don't know. There's just inconsistencies. And again, wearing a mask isn't a huge deal. But I also look at it from a safety standpoint. When people have to uh, use their voice and there's miscommunication, like that can, that can be dangerous. Much like a box, I see boxing referees wearing masks and I'm like, I kind of get that. But at the same time, like you need to have your voice heard. There can't be, you need to put out commands. There can't be any confusion as to what you're saying. You know, someone could seriously get hurt that way. But people, again, people see what they want to see. Who's wearing a mask? It's safe. It's like, wait a minute. There's other issues here. <laughs> There's way more issues. Uh, let's talk about some college football specifically. Uh, let's not get into all the politics of it all and everything. But I think the two biggest storylines over the weekend was that, number one, Oklahoma. Not number one. They're not number one, but the number one story. Oklahoma lost again. They lost to Iowa State 37-30. And that's two losses now. Out of, what, what is uh, Oklahoma? One and two, I believe now. And, uh, you know, the Big 12 – uh, again, the top teams in the Big 12 just do not believe in defense. They don't want to play defense. It's not a priority. They just want to have this uh, track and field type football, just offense, offense, offense. And uh, you got to be careful with that. It's very dangerous. If if you commit only to scoring and not stopping people, well, you're going to get upset here and there. And Oklahoma now has two losses under their belt. And as far as a college football playoff, that could be it for them. 
additionally, their rivals, Texas Longhorns, they lost on Saturday to TCU. And it was interesting that TCU took the lead with about four minutes left. Texas went right up the field, and they were going to punch it in at the one-yard line. And I know it's tempting, guys, but you see it too many times where running backs, wide receivers, whoever, whoever's got the ball, reaching across the goal line with one hand on the ball, it may be a reward every now and then. You might get six points here and there, but it is so dangerous. It's dangerous. And Texas fumbled at the one-yard line because of that, because a kid was kind of reckless and just, you know, trying to make a play, trying to score. I don't want to be too hard on him, but uh, I'm sure he feels horrible, but he fumbled at the one-yard line. And, uh, you know, I, I, I see some really well-coached teams who, if they are near the goal line, there's always two hands on the ball as they reach. And you still might fumble. Someone can knock it out of your hand. But but the effort is there. The, the attention to detail is there in that regard. You see it a lot uh, in the NFL. Guys are pretty well coached now. It's a little thing where uh, guys, where they reach for the pylon, they don't just reach with one arm. They, they, they will go with two arms. And you'll even see them kind of protect the ball a little bit as they go by a pylon because uh, some people hate this rule, but I, I don't know why they hate the rule. It's uh, one of the only ru- rules in football that rewards the defense where – if a offensive player fumbles into the end zone, it goes out of the end zone. The defense gets the ball at the 20 yard line. It's a touchback. So you've seen that happen. It happens almost every week somewhere. And the announcers, everyone's like, Oh, that's such a dumb rule. It's like, well, the rule's not going to be changed. <laughs> it's not going away. Uh, and, and so you see guys that really well coached guys pay attention to it. You football fans out there, pay attention to guys near the goal line or near the pylon. Same thing, but you know, uh, the corner of the end zone there. When they reach for for the goal line, they reach to extend. Some guys are more careful than others. Two hands tight on the ball, trying to keep the ball semi close to their body while they're doing it, and other guys just kind of wave the ball around. Well, you know, it may not always bite you, but every now and then it will. And it cost Texas on Saturday. They lost the game to TCU, and uh, I know TCU is a good football team, really good program. Um, but, but man, for Texas to lose in that fashion, especially after, uh, you know, being in a shootout the previous week, you really th- thought they would have their, their, their things sorted out. Uh, th- man, they just, <laughs> they dropped another one. So you can't blame it on the lack of practices. You can't blame it on all the, cause you know what? Your opponents have the same situation. No one got special treatment, got to practice early. I mean, at least in your conferences, maybe different conferences, different policies, but uh, conference play, sorry, all bets are off. Whoever adjusts to the elements the best, uh, you know, is going to be more successful. I love when people talk, oh, the, well, they lost because it was raining. They lost because it was the snow. Oh, the, yeah, the, the snow, the snow shut off as soon as the other team got the ball. That's what happened. No, both teams had to play in it. Both teams had the this unique offseason and uh, preseason that everyone had to be dealt with. So Texas and Oklahoma, major disappointments uh, in this uh, early season of 2020 for sure. And you know what? They play in the Red River Shootout next week, um, which is one of the best rivalries in sports. Played in Dallas, Oklahoma, Texas, the, the border, the Red River uh, rivalry. Um, I know some people, you know, you're not allowed to call it the shootout anymore because apparently we're so sensitive in these years that, that uh, the Red River shootout is unsensitive. It, 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 
it brings painful memories of uh, gun violence or something. That's again, another wussification of America. Uh, but I won't get too much into that, but yeah, I will always call it the red river shootout. I'm not changing, uh, my verbiage because it, it, uh, you know, it hurts someone's feelings. First of all, I guarantee you there are no football fans that are hurt their feelings. It was someone else who's never put a chin strap on in their life, uh, that, that, uh, made that decision. Anyway, red river shootout next week, and it's going to be featuring a two loss Oklahoma team and a one loss Texas team that honestly should have two losses themselves. Uh, a great rivalry. Uh, the loser of that game really can kiss their season goodbye as far as any, uh, you know, Big 12 championship or or uh, college football playoff. And, and the winner may not, may not even get into that. Uh, anyway, there was a situation. Ole Miss and Kentucky moving to the SEC now. I love when bad behavior gets punished. I, I absolutely love it. I love justificate. I love uh, justice, I guess, you know. Um, <laughs> University of Kentucky, which is by no means a, a football powerhouse. Uh, one of their players, Asim Rose, uh, broke away for a very long play, um, on a, uh, on a play for the Wildcats, very long play. They're playing old Miss and he, uh, he broke loose on a long play and you know, you know what? He started to, uh, to celebrate a little early. He started to celebrate. Um, he put up a peace sign as he was um, thinking that he was going to just stroll into the end zone. He had two guys chasing him, two Ole Miss players who were hustling the whole time, thought it was great. And uh, they not only caught him from behind as he was celebrating, but two plays later, Mr. Rose fumbled. He fumbled two plays later. So Kentucky with a for sure touchdown on a long touchdown run, should have been a long touchdown run, right about the 25-yard line, Mr. Rose throws up the peace sign, starts celebrating, and gets caught from behind. Then two plays later, he fumbles. Uh, Ole Miss gets possession. Kentucky never scores. And wouldn't you know it, Kentucky lost the game in overtime. Yeah, by one point because their kicker missed an extra point, but maybe the game wouldn't have gone to overtime had Mr. Rose not celebrated early. Very odd. I think it's a real teachable moment there. At least I hope someone sees it. I, I know Mr. Rose is probably very upset, but you know what? It's a lesson learned, and I hope a lesson that many people can learn from. I mean, it seems like every year you see this a couple times where a guy showboats or a guy uh, drops the ball before he crosses the goal line, you know, drops the ball like, yeah, I scored, huh? you know, it's just a lack of focus. It's it's selfishness, really, in thinking about yourself. Look how great I am. Look what I did. We'll complete the task first and then celebrate. I know that probably no one feels worse than the kid, much like a referee who misses a call. All right, but that was controllable. That wasn't a mistake. That was That was a mental error that's just unacceptable. That's not missing a block or dropping a pass. That's showing, putting the spotlight on you. And it, it's it's just very, very poor. And what I was very upset about was that uh, Mike Stoops, the head coach of Kentucky, um, after the game, apparently uh, it looked like 
he was going after the uh, the referees after a play occurred. Um, a play a play occurred. You know, the, in overtime, Ole Miss won the game. They made they scored, kicked their extra point, and won the game. Um, well, it was Stoops that didn't look like he went to shake hands, and he went after. Mark Stoops, excuse me. I think his brother's Mike. So a few Stoops brothers, but it looked like he went after the uh, the officials after the game, and uh, that's just unacceptable to me uh, personally. Um, I think you have other issues to worry about, Mister Mark Stoops. You, you you need to talk to your players about not celebrating before they score a touchdown. I don't think you have anything to say to the referees. There's nothing you sh- you have to say that the referees cost you anything. I didn't see you chase down your player after the game to go scold him. Referees didn't drop the ball or, or get tackled at the one-yard line by celebrating early and then fumble two plays later. It, it's just, that's a lack of control. That's on you. The responsibility goes with you. Don't chase the officials off the field because you're upset. You You feel they took a game from you. You need to look within. Mr. Mark Stoops, I apologize. I called you Mike. I, I, it's Mark Mark Stoops, Kentucky head coach. I don't even care what the call was. I really don't because you have no excuse. Get your house in order. How come we're chasing the officials because you lost a football game by one point because your player celebrated too early, did not score, and then your kicker missed an extra point? What Did the referees mess up the hold on the extra point? Was it a bad snap by the ref? What, what was it? I used to, we, we'd love joking about this as referees after games. We'd always be like, yeah, we missed too many tackles tonight. Officials missed too many tackles, missed too many blocks. Everything's all our fault. So there's plenty of times when it's up to officials to take into accountability, take an account really for what happened. But uh, it looked like Mark Stoops reached out and grabbed an official. I can't confirm or deny that because the, the, the video I've seen was not really that great, but he does make a conscious effort to go running after the officials. Cause I don't think he, cha- he uh, shakes Mark or Mark Stoops. Uh, he, I don't think he ch- shakes Lane Kiffin's hand. I, I, I could be incorrect on that, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think, uh, you know, Mark Stoops should be worrying about the officiating. I think he should be having drills uh, all practice all week really about uh, about his players crossing uh, until they run into that area that is painted generally. That big end zone, there's two of them. There's one at each end of the field. Until your players run across that line, then they can celebrate. Maybe you've had months to prepare for the season. Maybe you should talk to uh, your players and go over that. Maybe have some charts, a diagram of what an end zone looks like, um, I know it's Kentucky football and there, there's not many times, you know, that you get close to that end zone thing, but maybe have some demonstrations, some PowerPoints. I don't know. It's just some, make it really clear to your student athletes what the end zone is and when you should celebrate. Put more time into that than chasing referees off a of field. Just a thought. I mean, I, I, I think it's probably a good idea. Maybe you won't lose a game by one point if your players do the right thing. And that's on you. That's not on referees. 
Uh, Alabama, they looked really good. Of course, that goes without saying. They did get, give up quite a few points to Texas A&M for Alabama standards. But again, the SEC is very good. And uh, there's some some really good teams. Alabama looks like they're just uh, rolling right along. Roll, roll Tide, of course, is their motto and everything. And they're, they're doing that. Uh, the other team in Alabama, Auburn, they did not look very good on Saturday night. They played Georgia. And Georgia really controlled that game. Uh, the score really didn't get too out of hand or anything, but they they kind of controlled that game for the most part. Um, so I, I think uh, we're looking at potentially uh, Georgia and Bama. It's a, it's you know two weeks in or whatever, but uh, we're probably looking at uh, you know those are the two top teams in the SEC as of now. A lot can change. Um, there's some other teams where you're not quite sure how good they are yet. Like Tennessee, they're two and zero. They're they're all riding high, but they haven't played anybody really. So uh, the the thing with this SEC schedule is everyone's pretty much going to play each other, or at least uh, your division, and then you know a couple of crossovers. But a ten game SEC season, uh, most years they play eight games, I believe. Eight out of their twelve are SEC games. So uh, it's, it's a little more difficult this year for the SEC. But every week, man, you turn on the game. It's no longer where Alabama is going to be playing Troy or or whatever. <laughs> you know they're going to be playing uh, some one double A school. Uh, it's an SEC matchup every week, and whether it be Auburn or Missouri or Florida or, or South Carolina, I mean, those are all good football programs, and maybe they've seen some better days or whatever, but in general, you're going to see pretty good football there. So Alabama looks uh, the, the the class of the uh, SEC, as always. Uh, a couple other things in the SEC. Man, Mississippi State losing to Arkansas, and Arkansas has had a really – rough couple years and Mississippi state, man, they beat the defending national champions last week at LSU and threw for over 600 yards. And, you know, Mike Leach is a genius and, and I love Mike Leach and how he carries himself, how he talks down to the media and all these things, but you have that huge win. You have this hype video afterwards, and then you turn right around and lose the Arkansas. Come on, Bulldogs. Come on, Mike Leach. Everyone's riding high on you guys. And then you drop one. You go from throwing for 600 yards to scoring 14 points? Man, if that doesn't tell you that football is week to week, there's a reason coaches always say that. Hey, no, this week's over. It's on to uh, it's on to whoever. It's on to Miami. It's on to, to Georgia. It's on to USC, whoever you're playing next. Because you can't get too caught up in last week. And uh, who knows if that happened or not, but Mississippi State definitely <laughs> came back down to earth losing to a pretty bad SEC team in Arkansas, at least over the past few years. Big win for Arkansas. Well, I should say, can't really say big win because Mississippi State's not, you know, too high, too high of a ranked team or anything. But uh, man, after the first week and, and everything they did and then losing to Arkansas, what a storyline there. Uh, what else? Man, uh, you know, Air Force. I don't know if you guys care much about service academies, Air Force, Navy, Army. I love following them just because I think it's a very unique uh, aspect of college football. Uh, Air Force and Navy, Air Force destroyed Navy. Saw Navy play on opening night against BYU and looked terrible. Uh, but I thought, you know, they usually play the other service academies pretty close, especially the Army-Navy game, the best rivalry in the college football, really. But Air Force came out and beat Navy 40-7. to 40 to seven. And that, that's pretty wild because up until the mountain West decided they were going to go back and play football 
start like the Pac-12 is in uh, in late October, early November, you know, Air Force got like special permission to play Navy and Army. And they had them on the schedule, and those were like the only two teams they were going to play because uh, the Air Force is in the Mountain West, and that conference decided no on football. Well, they got special permission. So like, hey, we, we want to play the two service academies for the Commanders and Chief Trophy. Um, which is, uh, you know, a, bi- a big rivalry, just a big, anytime the service academies play and, and air force is kind of like the, yeah, the third, the third wheel, if you will, or whatever the saying is the, uh, fifth with fifth wheel third. I don't know what it is, but anyway, uh, yeah, they beat up on Navy, man. Navy's in trouble. Navy's usually the class of the service academies and uh, 40 to seven, 40 to seven, but it does look like air force is going to play uh, a full, Mountain West schedule uh, on top of their our Army and Navy game. So um, good thing for the Air Force Falcons. Good for them. I t- talked with Bill about them not too long ago regarding uh, their upcoming season and uh, really happy that they're going to get a season in here uh, here with the, the crazy things that are happening at the, uh, the Mountain West and the Pac-12 coming back and playing this uh, very shortened season. That was the other college football news I wanted to talk about in closing is that you know, the Pac-12 came out with their seven-game football season that's going to start in November. And it's just like, this is an absolute joke. Seven games? Excuse me, six games. Six games. There's 12 teams in the Pac-12, obviously. There's six in each division. So you're going to play everyone in your division once and then one uh, other team from the other the other division, the North versus South. And then a Pac-12 championship game. So you're going to play six games? And a Pac-12 championship game, it's seven games. I, I don't think a Pac-12 team should get in over like a two-loss Big 12 or ACC or SEC team. I would even put in a three-loss SEC team over a Pac-12 team that plays six games. That's an embarrassment to the Pac-12 coming back and playing six games. You, you should have never postponed in the first place. And then you come back and your 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 brilliant ideas. Yeah, let's play six games, half a season. Great job, Pac-12. Great job. That's why no one takes you serious. And it, it pains me to say that because I've been a Pac-12 West Coast football defender for a long time. But when you see stuff like that, you're just like, it's not a priority. It's unfortunate. I mean, SEC, ACC, even the Big 12, they're going to move heaven and earth to play, and they did. They didn't fall into the pressures from uh, the outside world uh, telling them what they could and couldn't, can and couldn't do. So anyway, let's move off of college football. Let's get to our Sunday uh, storylines from the NFL. I think the biggest storyline with the NFL on Sunday is the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, there's an argument to be made that America's team, allegedly the Dallas Cowboys, they could be 0-4. They, they had that incredible comeback against Atlanta, or I don't know if it was more of a choke job by Atlanta. Uh, yeah, there was you could say controversy at the end end of their opening game against the Rams, but the Cowboys have not looked good. And everyone thought, Hey, you get rid of Jason Garrett. uh, Things are going to work. They're, they're going to magically be better. Again, pointing the blame, always pointing the finger, right? And yes, it ultimately falls with the head coach and everything, but the Dallas Cowboys to me, they're very similar to, Texas football, USC football, all these programs, um, you know, in, in some years, 
not this year, but you know, Lakers basketball, some of these, these programs that are supposed to be this, the top of everything all the time. And if you're supposed to be good all the time, you don't get off years. You don't get to, to, to start a season one and three Dallas Cowboys. You know, all you ever want to hear from these guys is, oh, five Super Bowls, five Super Bowls. Okay, no, okay, so what? Then don't play the rest, the, don't play any more games. If that's your argument, uh, well, we, we've won five Super Bowls. Well, then don't play any more games because there's no point in playing a season if that's all you're going to say. You can keep living in the past all you want or uh, look forward. I, I do feel a little bad for Dak Prescott. He gets a lot of blame and everything. He threw for 500 yards the other day, or Sunday, I should say. And lost to a guy I do not like at all in Baker Mayfield. Not a fan of Baker Mayfield by any means. I think the Browns have figured out with their new new coach, Stefanski, is basically, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to be clever. We're going to keep the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands if we can. Because May- Maker, Baker Mayfield's a little reckless, a little wild, thinks he can kind of do whatever he wants, like in college. And... uh He's he's had to have a rough go of it here for a little while, and I think they've found a little success. They put some pieces around him. Uh, Browns have a killer running game. Defense a uh, little skeptical there, especially with the Cowboy comeback late in the second half. But uh, ultimately, your record is who you say uh, your record. Uh, you are who your record says you are. The Dallas Cowboys are one and three, and I know for that fan base, that fanatic, uh, ridiculous fan base of theirs, that. That's just unacceptable. And I got to be honest, I enjoy watching the Dallas Cowboys lose every week. It's like the Yankees losing. I'm sure for you know people out there who are basketball fans, it's like the Lakers losing. It's probably some people, it's like Alabama losing, I guess. I The thing with the Cowboys is that they, they say they're this, you know, America's team. And I, I hate that. I don't know who came up with that. Or why that's a thing? I think it's because there's like front runners all over the country who root for them. Maybe that's it. You see people all over rooting for Cowboys, Steelers, Packers. You see that, and of course, uh, West Coast heavy. A lot of 49er stuff. You see that, but like yeah, the Dallas Cowboys is just this this fan base that is just so delusional, thinking they should win every game, be in the Super Bowl all the time. And it's like, dude, you're not a premier franchise anymore. Maybe at one time you were, I know you get a lot of good free agents. I know it's a great place to be. I enjoyed my time going to watch a game at your stadium. You beat my Rams last year. Rams got you this year. Like I love the enthusiasm for the Cowboys. I can appreciate that, but they're just, they are not realistic. They can't look within and be like, we're, you know, we, I say, I don't like saying we, but they're not very good. Just because there's a, a blue star and a silver helmet doesn't make a team good. This delusion. This, I just don't get it. And yet they're talked about all the time. It's like when the Lakers were terrible. They were talked about all the time. And I'm like, the Lakers are bad. Why, why are they talked about in national radio? Well, it's a brand. I get that. But if a brand isn't good, if USC football is not good, they're not getting talked about. Texas football isn't good. They're, they've had... They're not talked about. I mean, they are a little bit, but not like all the time. But yet the Dallas Cowboys, even when they're bad, they get all this these headlines. I'm like, why? They're an average team. 
I would say they're an average, a below average franchise the past 20 something years. I know I see the Super Bowl banners. I know all the rings. I get all that. But you want to talk about the past 20 years, 25 years. Hasn't been much to talk about, much to brag about. It's been some really bad seasons there. Some horrendous postseason appearances. So Dallas Cowboy fans, this, this whole America's team, this whole, uh, you, you got a ton of issues, especially losing the Cleveland Browns because I'm not sold on the Cleveland Browns. All right. You gave up 49 points to the Cleveland Browns. You let, you had Odell Beckham. Uh, the Browns were going to hand you that game at the end too. Hand you the game. They, they, they tried that running play, the reverse that was going to go for about a 10 yard loss at minimum should have been a no gain. And you let Beckham get loose and run wild and make you guys look like fools and score the game-winning touchdown when you guys could have got the ball back? Are you kidding me? You guys look like a junior varsity team when that happened. I wasn't sure who to root for in that situation. I was like, you know what? I really don't like Baker Mayfield. I'd love to see him choke. But if the Cowboys blow this, well, that's fine too. And they did. So uh, Baker Mayfield, he's going to lose plenty of games. Dallas Cowboys... You're off to a real rough start, and honestly, I don't see things getting better for you. Your only saving grace is that the division you're in is an absolute joke. Washington Redskins, and yes, I, I'm I'm calling them the Redskins. Uh, I refuse to call anyone a foot. You know, I'm not calling them a football team when when they play in the NFC East. Uh, the Washington Redskins, the um, New York Giants, they play hard, but they just really don't have anything. And then the Philadelphia Eagles with a big upset on Sunday night, beating the San Francisco 49ers, uh, who were very banged up. They didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. They had a second-string quarterback who made a terrible throw towards the end of the game, in a pick six. It was just inexcusable uh, as the Eagles kind of mounted a comeback. The Eagles did not look sharp, much like they haven't the first four weeks of the season. We're, we're four games in now for most teams. I know there's a few games to be played Monday night still. but quarter through the season and you can kind of really start to see piece things together, see what type of teams people are. And the Eagles, I mean, they're going to grind, they're going to play hard, but man, they're one, two and one. And they're the leader in the division, the NFC East. I guess that tie doesn't look so terrible last week when I gave them so much uh, grief about that with the Bengals playing for a tie specifically. But when you're playing the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants really in the division, I think you take whatever you can. So a big win for the Eagles on Sunday night, uh, beating the defending NFC champion San Francisco Niners, who are in last place in the best division in football, the NFC West. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they lost again. Started Football is funny, especially in the NFL. It is a week-to-week game, right? You start the Cardinals 2-0. 2-0, they beat the Niners week one. They start 2-0, man, this is the year of the Cardinals, and then they lose two in a row. And it's like, oh, oh, man, back to 500. Cardinals were 2-2. Two and two. The Niners are 2-2, two and two, but we're above them because we beat them. The Rams are 3-1. and one. The Seahawks are 4-0. Oh. They look unstoppable. Like it, Football's crazy that way. And I, I don't know who I'm I, – I, at this point, I'm going to say the Eagles are going to win the division in the NFC East. I, I know it sounds weird as poorly as they've played, but I, I think they're going to win the division. I know it's it's crazy, but and the Cowboys look like a joke. And, uh, man, 
But yeah, the Cardinals and the Panthers on Sunday. I won't talk too much about that. But yeah, the Cardinals started 2-0. and The Panthers started 0-2. Cardinals lose 2. The Panthers win 2. I mean, that's how the NFL changes. Just like that. Snap of a finger. You can't get too hung up on last, last week or this week. You got to take care of this week and then move on and look ahead. You can't look ahead until after you complete your game either. That's just a uh, constant, uh, constant message, really. Uh, another big, big issue on on Sunday was man, the Texans and the Vikings, two zero and three teams. Two teams were in the playoffs last year. Very good football teams, I think, deep down, like to their core. But just zero and three, both of them zero and three. Vikings pulled it out. I do think the Vikings are a better team, and, and Bill O'Brien's days, I think, are numbered in Houston. That experiment has gone on long enough. They've never just like taken off. And I don't think their division is all that difficult. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts, they've they've kind of been pretty good. And then Tennessee recently has been good. But the Texans really should have been dominating that division. And they never really have. Sure, some division championships, always kind of in the hunt for the playoffs. But man, they've started 0-4 now. They've paid all that money to Deshaun Watson, and I know J.J. Watt, he's probably getting a little impatient. It's just it's very crazy, uh, frustrating times, I'm sure, for people in Houston uh, who kind of want <laughs> Bill O'Brien to go, I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, that was quite a game, and unfortunately someone had to lose. So the Houston Texans, big storyline there, have started the season 0-4. Uh, there's still 12 games left, and anything can happen. But it's a really tough hole to climb out of. The Vikings finally getting their first win, I think, is big for them uh, just to build a little bit momentum in moving forward. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, lastly, the Chargers, they gave the Bucks really a pretty good game for, uh, let's say, three and a half quarters. And then the Bucks really kind of controlled it, even though it was one possession. And, uh, you know, Herbert, Justin Herbert, uh, you know, threw, a, threw an interception late. But he made some really good throws. And I think he's going to be the quarterback moving forward for the Chargers. I really do. Um, I I think that, you know, the Chargers said Tyrod Taylor was going to be their guy. But I don't see how you can really pass on uh, a guy who's playing pretty well. I mean, he's playing playing very well. And... um, it, you're starting the season one and three at this point. I don't know. I think you need to uh, just just play play with it. See if Justin Herbert can win you some games. Because Tyrod Taylor, I mean, we've seen kind of his body of work. It hasn't been great. I think at least if you develop Justin Herbert, he's going to be pretty good. So um, pretty crazy seeing a young quarterback, Justin Herbert, against an old veteran, uh, greatest of all time, Tom Brady on Sunday. Very, very polarizing, very different uh, approach from from the two guys. But, uh, yeah, some great games on Sunday. Some great NFL action for sure. Uh, a lot of different storylines. And, uh, you know, I am going to chat about these things on Mondays. I think it's, it's fun to get some things off my chest, some of the things I saw, some of my frustrations, if you will. Uh, I think Dallas Cowboys are in trouble. The Las Vegas Raiders, you know what, they lost to Buffalo on Sunday, but Buffalo is a good football team. So I think the Raiders are going to be okay. I really do. I don't think they're going to beat the chiefs, but I think the Raiders might be really, uh, they can get that second seed. I think in the uh, AFC West or second place, and then probably a, a wild card. But again, they started two and zero and then lost two and two weeks in a row. So 
Things change in the NFL. We're only four games in. There's 12 to go. Plenty more storylines that are, are going to come up. And, you know, with this this COVID delay, with the, the Patriots playing the Chiefs later on Monday at 4, uh, four Pacific time, right before the, the Monday Night Football game originally scheduled, the Falcons and the Packers, uh, you know, we might see more of this down the road where there's some COVID situations and uh, things get pushed back. I'm curious how it affects teams. Because if you see anything about football coaches is they are very schedule oriented. They will adjust if they need to, but man, they are totally into the, uh, the schedule and just really staying, staying with it, staying on top of things and, and not having to adjust too much. So I think the Patriots, they're always going to be fine. The chiefs, Andy Reid, they're, they're professionals. All right. It's their job to be ready and, and make adjustments in this and that. Um, but yeah, that game on, later on Monday should be interesting. I think it's going to be closer than people think, even if Cam Newton's not playing. I think the, the Chiefs have looked really good. Okay, they had a great victory over Baltimore on on last Monday. But uh, I think again, the season no one's going to run over anybody. There's going to be some tough games for for everyone. Uh, I'm really happy that my Los Angeles Rams are three and one. Very difficult. A uh, game to watch this last Sunday or this Sunday, the New York football giants, 0-4, but they they took the Rams. Uh, they made it difficult for the Rams. They played well in, in SoFi Stadium, coming out west and really doing everything they could. Um, they don't have much on offense, but defensively they played a pretty good game. And again, I think Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback, is gonna be he's gonna be just fine. He's gonna be good and uh you know, new coaching staff there. It's NFC East, so not much to be said about it. It's going to be a rough season for most of those teams. Just ha- happy the Rams got an ugly win. Uh, ugly wins are better than uh, pretty losses, right? And I'm sure anybody out there who uh, roots for a team can completely relate to that, that you'd much rather have uh, that big shiny W on Sunday or whatever day your team plays than that really uh, nasty-looking uh, L, right? Those Ls just, oh, man, they 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 – they, ah, they don't feel good at all. Anyway, um, yeah, that's some of our football talk here. And again, it may sound repetitive. I might be rambling quite a bit, but this is just something we're going to try to do for a few weeks. And if, if I get some feedback from you guys that, hey, uh, we, we like you talk too long or, you know, we want more guests back, then maybe we can make adjustments. But I think with the current schedule, it's probably the best thing we can do right now um, in moving forward. But uh, we will uh, take a very quick breather here. Uh, be done with our football talk and move into our closing remarks here on the Monday edition of the Get Home Safe podcast. Are you guys ready for one of the best sporting weeks we've ever had? Let me explain right here. We got a big week ahead. I hope you all are ready. You guys got extra TVs. Maybe you got some sick days available, if you know what I mean. There's all kinds of great sports we got this week. Let me go through it a little bit here, step by step. On Monday, we have two NFL football games, the originally scheduled Monday Night Football game. But as well as that, we have the New England versus Kansas City game that is being made up from a little COVID uh, testing a positive delay that they had. So that game is on at four o'clock Pacific, followed by the regularly scheduled Monday Night Football game, the Green Bay Packers and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, two NFL games on Monday. That's pretty exciting. But on top of that, the Major League Baseball playoffs 
uh, the divisional series as we kind of have been come to know the baseball playoffs the past few years kind of four teams in each uh, league uh, really playing each other to go for that American or National League pennant uh, that's what we're down to now. And on Monday, we also have two Major League Baseball ga- uh, games in the division series on the American League side of things. The Astros and Athletics play at 1, p- 1 p.m. Pacific, followed by the Yankees and the Rays at 5 p.m. Pacific. And remember, both of those games in the American League will be here in Southern California, in Los Angeles and San Diego, respectively. Okay, so on Monday, two NFL games, two American League divisional series baseball playoff games uh that's a pretty good start to the week on tuesday we're gonna have four major league baseball division games two of the two in the national league will be the game ones between the marlins and the braves and the dodgers and the padres uh pretty funny that the dodgers and the padres are playing each other in the divisional round uh they they're like 100 miles from each other and they have to play each other in texas uh and then Ironically, their two stadiums are being used for the American League playoffs. Very interesting, quirky stuff, but that's the world we're in uh, right now. So four baseball games on Tuesday. Uh, You know what else is Tuesday? Game four of the NBA Finals. Uh, The Lakers dropped game three to the Miami Heat on Sunday evening. And I don't know how many people are watching the NBA Finals. I'm not, but I am kind of paying attention to the scores and the storylines. I do know that the ratings for the NBA are a disaster. They, they, they keep getting, if you compare them to last year's numbers, they are just, uh, what's the opposite of through the roof, probably through the basement, like whatever you want to say it. I mean, look up NBA ratings in the, in the finals this year. It's an absolute joke. And I can't quite figure out why all that is. Maybe it has to do with all the, the uh, propaganda and, uh, you know, gesturing and things that that they want to really promote, but, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not me. Who knows? But anyway, four baseball games on Tuesday, as well as game four of the NBA finals. And I'll tell you what, if the Miami heat, can even that series, uh, the Lakers, all the pressures on the Lakers at that point in, in a best of seven series tied two games each with three to play it could really uh, be an interesting uh, series moving forward. Uh, Wednesday, you go back to pretty much just Major League Baseball, four more Major League Baseball games. Uh, with the Marlins, the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Padres, the Athletics against the Astros, the Rays against the Yankees. Just a great, great lineup. Um, what's really cool about the baseball playoffs and going forward is that typically with a five-game series, you have, okay, two games. We'll say Monday, Tuesday. You take Wednesday off to travel to the next site. You play game Thursday, Friday. Then you're off Saturday for traveling back, and then you play game five Sunday. Well, not here, not now. Major League Baseball, five. you're just going to go all five games in a row. There's no days off. You're just going right into it, and uh, that's where there could be some overlap, some time changes with the different games and everything. Some series will be playing uh, game two. Others will be playing game three. The American League gets the head start on Monday by having their two games. But man, Tuesday, we got four Major League Baseball games. Wednesday, four Major League Baseball games. Thursday, uh, also probably four more uh, Major League Baseball games. Although uh, the National League will be in game three and the American League could will be in game four. So if there's a sweep, obviously won't be a game uh, a game four by any means um but there could be four more baseball games on thursday and and 
an NFL game. We get back to week five, and it's the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Chicago Bears. So, again, another full slate of games. Wednesday really is the only day where you're only going to have baseball, if you think about it. You're either going to have baseball and the NFL or baseball and the and the uh, NBA Finals. Pretty crazy stuff. So that's Thursday. You go, to, you go to Friday. There's supposed to be four games on the slate, but again, there'll be game fours and game five so there might not be all of those games played if there's a you know teams are eliminated before that and game five of the nba finals is friday night uh there will be a game five now that the heat won game three and have made the series two to one so that's uh some exciting stuff if you're an nba fan if you're going to be watching uh, basketball but uh man there are so many options there's a lot of baseball it's quite a week of baseball march madness style almost and you throw in two nfl games monday nfl game thursday nba finals on tuesday and friday and wednesday with only being a baseball uh, day that's not a bad week four baseball games uh a quadruple header is pretty awesome to say and think about. And then after all that, then we're then we're back to Saturday. And then you know what Saturday is? College football all day, of course, followed by Sunday, the NFL, and then potentially Game 6 of the NBA Finals on Sunday. So I hope you guys have all your TVs ready to go, multiple TVs set up around the house and just are ready to rock and roll because uh, these past few weeks have been awesome with all the different sports, but I can't think of a better sports week, really, with four playoff baseball games each day, pretty much. Uh, two football, NFL games on Monday, one NFL game Thursday, NBA Finals uh, in there in the mix. I wish we had more hockey or some other sports to throw in, but man, I, I would say... Uh, you know, set all your recordings and timers because there's a lot of things to be watching here this week. I hope you guys are ready to uh, sit around and and uh, you know watch watch a lot of sports when we didn't have it for such a long time. So that's my plan. Watch some sports. I'll probably be watching things pretty late. I have a few pretty long days here, Monday and Tuesday, with my new job uh, with some uh, training and everything. But outside of that. I'm going to try to set some recordings and timers and, and get home and watch games late. Whatever I got to do, I don't want to miss any of this action. There's just so much going on and couldn't be more happy for it to, to be here. So that's kind of all of our sports talk, we'll say, for Monday. That doesn't mean there won't be any sports talk Wednesday or Friday. We'll probably have a little bit, but we won't have an entire show really dedicated to uh, to sports like we will on Mondays. Hopefully it worked for you. We bounced around a few different things. Uh, that's my goal anyway, not just NFL, not just college football, but just kind of different storylines here and there. So guys, that will wrap up today's show. Thank you for joining us. It was an absolute blast. I'm excited about this new format. I hope you guys are as well. Going to really try to provide some good quality along with some quantity, even though it'll be a few less shows a week. I think it's for the best. And moving forward, we're going to do our best to keep uh, continuing to put out good content. And we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear ideas. We want to hear suggestions for either content or guests or topics. Please reach out to us. We love hearing from you guys, just like you hear from us here on the Get Home Safe podcast on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Please email us. Our email address is get home safe podcast at yahoo.com our twitter handle is get home safe pod and our facebook and instagram page is get home safe podcast we would love to uh have you as a follower so give us a follow give us a like whatever the case may be we love the support we love hearing from you and guys we want again as i said we want your questions we want to include you guys in this show you guys make it go round 
We got so many total listens now, well over 11,000 listens, approaching 12,000 total plays. Uh, it couldn't be done without you guys. And just, I really appreciate all of the loyal listeners who tune in um, and, and follow each and every episode. It just, uh, it's very, very motivating to keep going here as we move forward in this crazy year of 2020. Uh, guys, Bill Barnes will be here on Wednesday for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. We will probably put that episode out similar to last week, right around noon or so. We probably can't get the episode out Monday, or excuse me, uh, Wednesday morning, because I work pretty late on Monday night and Tuesday night, and uh, we really can't uh, record anything until Wednesday morning. So that's the plan with Bill Barnes. We'll get a cup of coffee, me and Bill, and we will uh, have a conversation uh, bright and early, really, about uh, a Wednesday and or on Wednesday, we'll say, and uh, talk about everything that we usually do, all the politics, the sports, and crazy things he's doing, I'm doing. Just we'll cover it all on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. We hope you will join us then. As a reminder, no show on Tuesdays anymore or Thursdays. We are strictly a Monday, Wednesday, Friday format. I'm still working on a guest potentially for Friday. I should have done one over the weekend, but... Uh, the people I had come in contact with uh, that were not able to sit down and record. So I'm not sure when I'm going to find time to record with a guest on Friday, but I'm going to really, really try. So if you're interested, let me know. Let's have a conversation. Let's try to throw something together. And uh, even if it's the, you don't want it out this week, I'm always looking for people to talk to, even people I've already had a conversation with, especially this time of year where there's a lot of sports topics. With all the if you're a big sports fan and you've already been on the show, hey, let's come on and do some more some more breakdown of everything that's going on. Or you just want to fill us in on kind of how life's been for you. We've had some repeat guests on here, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're still looking for more uh, new people as well, and we will continue to do that here on Fridays in our new format on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday format uh, here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, guys, thank you for bearing with me. I've rambled long enough today, well over an hour. Thanks for bearing with me. I hope uh, you didn't get tired of hearing only me instead of having a guest with me. That's just the way it goes sometimes and how it's probably going to go here on Mondays on the Get Home Safe podcast. So, anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. We look forward to you joining us again on Wednesday with Bill Barnes and the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. But, guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.